The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey, hunting junkies. Welcome to the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Tim Chelswick. That's Matt Drury. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm glad that we're having the show today because we are crossing the podcasting streams. That's right. It's like, you know, it's, Ghostbusters. Yeah, you're not supposed to, but we're doing it, right? We like don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, good. we could explode. It could be really good. Or I thought it could you were going to say we were going to cross some other kind of stream, and I was like, where's he going with this now? You know? <laughs> it's so, so, so figurative. Is, Tim is sick. <laughs> <laughs> we have two bathrooms here, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just start over? No, we're going <laughs> right late. into it from there. <laughs> so, um, so summer's... Is almost here. Yeah. Um, I know I've got some pretty heavy duty trail cam uh, plans for my properties. The other thing I'm really excited about this year for deer season, I have worked out a deal with the World Bird Sanctuary here in the St. Louis area to take all my carcasses once I've deboned them. Yeah, to that's feed pretty the cool. Raptors. That's pretty cool. So like bald eagles and golden eagles yeah. and vultures and and are we gonna do any kind of piece on that for Deercast and and do an article and all that good stuff? Share nope. it with the the users. Keep it secret. <laughs> I'll just tease it and never do anything with it. <laughs> well, I, you never know. <laughs> Tim, what's gonna do something with that? <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of see what form it takes place. Yeah, but the the cool thing, and, and this is the, the really fun thing about this, is that um, hunters are givers. We contribute to society, and this is a, just another way of kind of 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 of. Uh, partnering up with a local nonprofit to do some good. The cool thing was I called, I started talking to the director and he's like, did you say Drury Outdoors? And I said, yeah. He's like, I'm a huge Drury Outdoors fan. He started telling me about his turkey season and everything. And so, uh, so we're going to set that up. And so folks stay tuned on DeerCast. We're going to, we're going to have some behind the scenes stuff. Back, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, but there was a, I guess the figurehead of of the wild as the world bird yeah, sanctuary world bird sanctuary was Starmy Crawford and he was a Saint Genevieve a cool guy. Name. It, yeah, and he he had this cool like safari Outback type hat. hat. Yeah, yeah, like in at Bush Stadium, almost every opening day they had the you know the eagle yeah yeah fly and and go on a guy's arm. That was him, and and uh, he was a proud uh, representative of our community. So it it was it was funny having the conversation with him because I said, so how does it work out that you are the director of, director of the Wild Bird Sanctuary and you're killing turkeys during the spring? <laughs> does anyone give you any side eye for that? And he's like, no, they actually get it, and they're 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 conservationists. They understand. And that that you had to control populations and taking animals just is just part of that. So that's awesome. I'm I'm really excited about that partnership and looking forward to digging. Very that. good. You know, you mentioned summer and and before we get into the the question of the day and our guest, and I'm really excited about this guest today. Before we get into all that, I do want to bring up usually we hit this at the end of the show, but we're getting we're getting close. And so I want to talk about Deercast and 2.0 real quick, kind of a high level view, but we got some really awesome stuff happening inside the app and getting ready to happen. So uh, we are going to be launching that pay model that we've 
talked about since yep. day one. Um, and there's still going to be a very robust free offering for, for users. I don't think we're going to lose anybody uh, because there's still plenty that, that will be there you for the still free be able user. To get your deer um, you know, there'll be a day, a day deer cash prediction for those guys. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be two, uh, two other levels, uh, $9.99 a year and $19.99 a year. And with those, all kinds of awesome features, the deer cast nows, uh, deer cast custom, where you're going to be, be able to customize, you know, say you've been noticing all fall last year that, that, uh, it might say good, but it was just okay. Or it's sure. good. And it was great. You know, it's a little bit different for your farm. Every time it was, it was every single time you're you like, man, dial it yeah, in. I wish I could, you know, tweak this a little bit. Well, now you can, you can <laughs> tweak it and dial it into every location that you put into the app. Um, we'll have the five day forecast. We'll have the 10 day forecast. 10 days. Yeah. Which is a huge awesome request. for planning for time off. Yeah. And then the, the really cool thing I'm excited about is DeerCast track, a new feature that we're going to be mm-hmm. unveiling. And basically we took, I think it was close to 80 hits. And basically, if you think about it, like you look at a deer from a profile from broadside, a broadside shot of a deer, and you can pick anywhere on that animal where you feel like your shot hit the deer, mm-hmm. you know, that you, that you hit. And we go into, um, it might be five shots. It might be two shots. It might be 10 shots in that area that the videos that you can look at. And then we go into kind of expert advice from, uh, Bobby Colbertson, who's been the head guide there, at Terra wildlife down in Mississippi seen literally been on thousands of track jobs. Um, and then, um, tracker, John, John Engelkin, who we have used for years and years and years. Uh, he is one of the best track trackers in the, in literally in the North America. That's part of his name too. So yeah, he's legit. Uh, but he uses bloodhounds. And so we get his advice and here too, a guy that's seen thousands and thousands of hits and, and blood trails and all that. And then you'll hear Mark and Terry's advice as well. So it'll be, uh, all these videos pop up and you can choose any one of them and it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty legit. And that, so the whole point here was, all right, dear cast, hopefully helped you understand when to be out there and get on your animal or get, you know, go hunting and, and, and how to hunt or, or what types of food source or whatever the case well, may the, be. The Condition, important factors yeah. at play. And so we got you there, hopefully, or helped you out a little bit. But once you hit the animal, really the work is just the beginning. Whole, yeah, there, there's a whole set. strategy mm-hmm. that needs to be implored right after that. And that makes or breaks whether you recover your animal. Yep. And so this part tells you more of, okay, you, you hit it. Now, you, how are you going to find it? And so it just kind of goes uh, one step further and, and helps DeerCast become an all-encompassing tool. And, and that's what we like to think of it as, as a tool for you, another tool in your arsenal. That's right. And, and so uh, we're excited to be launching that at, you know, no specific date just yet, but early summer. Yeah. Um, be watching your DeerCast because yeah. so, you'll see updates available for it. Absolutely. So I just want to kind of talk about that while we had people's attention and, and before we brought in our uh, our next guest, which we're really excited about. We are again crossing the podcasting streams. Mm-hmm. We have Kurt Geyer from the Working Class Bow Hunter podcast joining us. Kurt, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Like Matt, like you said, I hope we don't explode by crossing these platforms. We will. <laughs> I'm pretty I don't sure we see will. it happen too often. No, it doesn't. And and you know we've we came to know you guys on a personal level there at the ATA show. 
Mm -hmm. we, we sat in on a podcast that uh, the guys at Rubline Marketing set up for us. So, so you guys are partnered with Scent Crusher and, and yep. we're partnered with Scent Crusher. Well, Redline Marketing is kind of their marketing agency mm-hmm. or arm. And <clears throat> so when we talked about the farm giveaway announcement, kind of circling back to DeerCast and the farm giveaway announcement, um, Chase there at, at Redline is like, hey, it would be awesome as if as soon as we're done doing the announcement, we rush you guys over and we do a podcast with the guys at Working yeah. Class Bowhunter. And I had always heard good things about you all and, and what, what you guys are doing and kind of the different style that you bring to podcasting. And, uh, so we were like, yeah, no brainer, let's do it. And we had a lot of fun on that podcast with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was cool. Chase, I think just grabbed you guys right off the stage after you did the announcement about the farm giveaway right to the Rubline media room. And we just started podcasts and I was like, these guys are going to think we're crazy. You know, you got a bunch of hooligan looking guys interviewing you about all this crazy stuff that just went down, but it turned out it was a ton of fun. And that podcast, uh, it launched on audio 15 minutes after we recorded, I launched it from the ATA show. Yeah. And then the video version will be out soon on uh, like carbon TV later on. So nice. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then from there kind of spawned a few conversations that um, potential partnerships, which we'll probably not get into just yet, mm-hmm. but, but it, it's, stay tuned. yeah, stay tuned. Some cool things happening here in the coming months with, with working class bow hunter and jury outdoors and, uh, and deer cast. And I think it's going to be a, a, a cool partnership. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to just seeing what the future has for us and the podcast game. Is podcasting seems like an old thing, you know, it's kind of radio-ish, mm-hmm. um, but now it's really just blossomed into the new wave of information and how hunters are learning and just getting good content, good real content. And it's kind of cool what it's going to turn into and if we can pave the way together whatever that means. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. One of the things I really like about the podcast format is that you can spend some time and really dig deep on a, on a topic and people are going to self-select themselves and people that don't want to geek out on a particular topic. They won't, they just won't listen. But those who do, I mean, they subscribe and they just get the show every week. And, and so, and, and I think it also, it kind of, there's so much less production between you and the end listener, the mm-hmm. consumer. Pretty raw. Yeah, yeah. So it feels like there's a, a tighter connection there between between the two. Yeah, as absolutely. You go to play footsies with me under the table. <laughs> I just wish we had a bigger table. <laughs> me too. <laughs> that could be arranged. Yeah. <laughs> so Kurt, if if folks haven't listened to your show, kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of what it what it's about, what it's like, and what people can expect. Yeah, I think we, for the hunting podcast industry, our show is a little more on the looser side of things. It's more, I always try to compare it to hunting camp radio. Um, When you're with your boys or whoever it may be in hunting camp and you guys are BS and having a good time, but still talking about hunting, talking about tips and tactics still, but having fun all mixed in, that's kind of our show. Um, it's kind of like a generic way to explain it, but we, we joke around, we give each other crap like we would in camp. Um, we have guests on that might talk about one episode might be all about judging distance, um, and archery from 3d to hunting. The next one might be about going, trying to kill some turkeys with archery equipment, um, to video production and podcasting in general. Um, we, we try to cover it all, keep it light, keep it fun and kind of avoid that, um, just boxed in style interview, uh, that a lot of shows kind of run with that style platform. So 
we, we kind of just let it loose. It's I think Matt said when he actually recorded the ATA, he's like, yeah, it's kind of like the wild West. And uh, we kind of embraced that a little bit. Absolutely. That's what I love about it. (laughs) You know, because, you know, we'll get into this with the question of the day today, but you know, we need some, we need some different, different perspective on our traditions, right? A younger viewpoint and we need to get younger and, and we need to uh, try to recruit, a younger audience, it's not going to happen with this, the old boxy style, like, you, like you're talking well, about. And now I, I don't mean to come across too strong here or get into anyone's personal business, but if I'm not mistaken, I believe Kurt has tattoos on his body. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The dreaded no. tattoo. Apologies to the YouTubers that are watching us now. I, we we're, no, we're going to blur the screen. You won't be able to <laughs> see him. Black out his arms. Yeah, you can't see bars. any of them. I don't have holes in my ears or nothing. <laughs> but that's yeah, the beauty that's, of it, right? Like, pff, yeah. It's not just your, you know, old 50-year-old white male. You know, there's a lot of other uh, voices out there, and we need to reach them. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. So so you guys on, on your show, it is a very relaxed and informal feel, which is which is mm-hmm. cool. And so I'm curious, like when you talk to your audience, who do they tend to be? You know, it actually it surprises me a lot when I old white when male. do trade shows and <laughs> I meet <laughs> who our hardcore listeners are. It's it's a wide range. It's people that don't look like like we look, don't talk how we talk, more like proper, um, kind of straight and narrow type of people mm-hmm. too. But then we get the younger crowd, the guys that are getting into it, the hardcore guys, um, guys that are covered in tattoos, skateboard look, uh, BMX looking kids like I grew up. It's a bigger variety than I imagined, to be honest, uh, which I think is good. So, so what is your background? How'd you get into hunting? You know, kind of what's your, what was your, um, your starting point, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I grew up, you know, okay, let me go back here. My dad grew up small game hunting and I grew up a skateboard and BMX type kid and just kind of, you know, doing the extreme sport type of thing. Well, it came around, my dad, um, said, Hey, I want to get into deer hunting when I was right around 10 years old and we did our hunter safety course. And then I gun hunted for a few years with my dad and then we got archery equipment and it just kind of, we never looked back and I just became instantly obsessed with it, with watching all the jury DVDs, all the monster buck DVDs growing up. I just was obsessed with all that stuff and it made me just dive headfirst into it. And it's really been my main interest and my, my main passion ever since. So I've been hunting since I bow hunting since I was 14 and I love every minute of That's it. Awesome. We really do ourselves a disservice in the hunting community. If someone's not, if not dressed in camo that we just assume they're on the outside. Yeah. The, if, if they've got it's tattoos or stereotypes in general, and that yeah. they're there for reasons, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we unnaturally limit all the bounds of the hunting community by doing stuff like that. Yeah. I feel honestly, I feel, I, I used to feel a lot more of that when I was younger. Cause I had, you know, big hole, big gauges, holes in my ears. And I used, I never always had tattoos, of course. Um, I got those as I got older, but I did feel that kind of ostracized judgment. Yeah. Yeah. But less and less now, you know, it's more accepting. More people have tattoos, more people look a little different, but as far as the hunting community, you know, you still have the, the real clean type, which is fine. You know, that, that needs to always be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say if you're thinking about getting a tattoo, never get a tattoo of another person's face. <laughs> Is this from they, experience? They just never look good. Uh, well, 
I'm sure I've seen there's some pretty cool Fred Bear tattoos. Yeah. Just like They're a fedora kind of pulled low. It's really hard for tattoo artists to reproduce the Is human it Michael face. Jackson? Is it Fred Bear? <laughs> like that could go wrong. That Michael Jackson <laughs> love those recurve bows. He was something else. You do not want to be associated with him right now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I wonder how he's no. doing. Man, that's awesome though. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of kind of other groups of hunters, that kind of leads us into our question of the day from listener Jake. Yeah, the question of the day is brought to you by Plano Outdoors. Protect your passion. Hi, my name is Jacob Farrow, and I am from Council Bluffs, Iowa. My question is, if you could only leave one bit of advice or information to the next generation of hunters, what would it be and why? That's deep, man. Stay away from my property. That's what I'm telling. <laughs> You're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everything I hate. So, Kurt, what do you think? Man, mine would be you know, hunt the way that makes you happy and don't be afraid to struggle, you know, kind of let yourself struggle because I, I think that teaches you more in the long run. You can learn a lot from listening to podcasts and stuff like that and apply it. And well, you have to apply it before you really learn it. I feel so like, I think the struggle is an important thing of becoming a successful hunter um, and a happy hunter because you kind of learn more. And when good hunting days go the way you want, it, it makes it that much better. So let yourself struggle. You got that right, man. Because it was, man, Tim and I Doing are going to be freaking awesome we're, we're one day. <laughs> we're going to come out with a shirt that says, enjoy the struggle. That's all. But, but you're right. You know, just thinking back on my own experience, hunting with dad and at dad's for so long, I always, always loved going up there, but it wasn't really hunting for me. They were doing the work. Mm, it, you know, sure, it's not like I was up the there when they were planting the food plots and hanging the cameras and I never even knew what deer he had really for the most part. And it wasn't until he wouldn't tell you. We, well, that too. <laughs> I mean, if you get to know dad, he's pretty much like he won't tell anybody, <laughs> but it wasn't, I felt like a trigger man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't until I got that, got on that lease with Wayno and, and then really starting, starting to have more input on it and running the cameras and having an option of what food source and, and struggling and still struggling and mm -hmm. always struggling on that damn lease. <laughs> it just, it's a struggle, you know, it's haunted. It's, but I have learned more there in like four years than right. I had in 10 years with dad. Right. I I've been listening to Mark and dad, obviously for 30 years and, sure. and their principles and their techniques and their tips. And, and then even when I started when I was editing, you know, which is what I was doing when I started for them in 04, you listen to this stuff every day. And it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to apply it. So it's yeah. all theory until you actually go and try to do. And you intern you have to internalize it at some point. And, 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 you know, still realize, okay, that was a good theory, but this property isn't their property and I got to mm -hmm. figure out what works here. And it's just very different. And, and to Kurt's point, until you go struggle and do it, I don't know that you're learning a whole lot. Right. And, 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 and I, th I think to Kurt's point also, I think that if you learn to enjoy the struggle, you have less bad days of field because you realize, you know, 
I saw I didn't kill a turkey today. But the food pot looks close. good that I planted. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a success there. But like that's my problem today. I didn't kill a turkey. That's yeah. a pretty good life if that's yeah. if that's the biggest issue that you've got. And and obviously needing to film hunts and yeah. you know, produces is added pressure. But still, there are worse positions to be in life. There are. I will say this: it doesn't make you a bad person when you go somewhere and you succeed and it's not oh, your no. spot because <laughs> it felt really good to kill <laughs> two deer at dad's place last in. year. No, you know, it was a crappier at least go to dad's and it's like, Oh man, this is what go. it's like when everything does work right. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, this year I'm back to the struggle. I have a feeling, I, you know, I, I, I think that's so much. And that I think is the draw of hunting right now. The people, the people on the periphery of our sport and community are realizing that it's a process. It's a journey. And because there's so much mm. in our, in our modern culture, it's like you tap a button now, and you get what now, you need. Instant gratification. You start talking about scouting and putting in food plots and mm. even the process going from a, a deer on the hoof to what's in your freezer. Those are all processes and they take time and they kick your butt, but it's real work. It is. And, and, and there's just something honest and genuine and timeless about that. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't really get the, the grit that goes into it. You know, it's good word. Yeah. It's, you know, they see you with a, having success with a big buck sitting behind it, smiling and they say, oh, you went out and you just did it. And most hunters get that it, it's more it's more of an equation to get to that point. But a lot of people on the outside see it and they're just like, oh, yeah, you just went out and you shot it. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not how it always happens. And most people listening to this all understand that or viewing this all understand that. But it's hard to explain that to someone who doesn't hunt how much goes into it. Um, yeah, maybe that day you went out, but there was strategy and why you went there. There was a buildup to putting the stand up and, or the food plot and, you know, land management and the mental battle of hunting is a big factor for me. So I, a lot of people don't factor in all of that stuff into the equation on what a successful hunt really is. Nor are most hunts fun in the classic sense of the word fun. <laughs> Correct. You get up at the butt crack of dawn, <laughs> you go out, you maybe you have to drive a couple hours to get to where you're going. Maybe you forgot your camo. Maybe you forgot your release. Day. May, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I think can go wrong and does go wrong, you know, mm-hmm. on, on an average hunt. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, whatever dogs are run through the property or a cow just walked underneath your stand or you name it. But, you know, it's like, oh, I'm out here. At least I'm out here to your right. point. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not. Why it's one like, of the few things that's more fun later. Yeah. It like for a great story. Telling the story and like that's thinking right. back uh-huh. on it. You know, it's more fun later. If it's if you get rained on on a hunt for four hours during the time, that's not a whole lot of fun. No. But when you're telling your buddy that weekend, you're like, man, I sat in the rain for four hours and you're kind of like weirdly bragging about it it's, it's more fun then and they're weirdly like why didn't you get out <laughs> yeah where was like, your trash bag <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the grit <laughs> you know when, when i think about this question about next generation hunters i i sometimes wonder if 
if we are maybe in the golden age of deer hunting, some of the places that, that we hunt just with in, sheer, in terms of sheer population densities. I think we are. Are unlike any in modern history. And, and I wonder, am I going to be telling my kids stories about when I went out and I at least saw a deer pretty much every sit. Is that going to be like seeing a unicorn to them someday? And with the, you know, the appending, the risks about CWD and, and, uh, and urban sprawl and just all the things that, that, that are impacting our wildlife populations. I just, I, 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 I wonder, I wonder what it's going to be like for them. And, and I guess I, I would, I would just tell them to appreciate what you have because there's no guarantee that it will continue to be that way. I tend to agree with you. When I heard this question, the thing that I think gave me pause was the word next gen, the, mm-hmm. the words next gen of hunters, like what, what, will they have what what do they have you know the licenses are declining in a rapid scary pace alarming pace we talked about it with rob keck uh, a couple weeks ago yeah you know the advice i i i struggled with what i would actually want to pass on because i have a feeling hunting maybe not this next generation, but certainly two generations from now is going to be vastly different, I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it'll ever go away. There's too many rural areas where it's a lifestyle. It's not, it's necessity more than, um, more than hobby. So I don't think it just completely vanishes, but you know, you look at, you know, we're here in St. Louis in the suburbs, it just keeps growing out and out and out from the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and, and, and less and less and less people are hunting. And, 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 you know, I think about my own subdivision. I, there's a handful of us hunters, mm-hmm. a handful in a pretty big subdivision. So I just, I'm more concerned that we'll have future generations yeah. to impart some knowledge to. Well, and, and, and what's happened in some European countries is that hunting is reserved for only the elite. Yeah. The folks that can afford property and then the, the, the average folks, they don't have access. And, and you look at just legislation and what's happening in that regard, that, that, that could happen. You get the wrong administration in and those things can happen and not to be a PSA, but that, that is why voting is so important and getting out and, and, and making sure your voice is heard. But ultimately if all things were the same and, and future generations had what we have available to us, I would say it's not so much advice about hunting itself. Mm -hmm. It's advice from me. My perspective is more advice about experience, right? Go with friends, go with family, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. If you succeed, that's icing on the cake. But for me, we just dad and I, I don't know why, but we had always seemed to struggle through whether I was a kid hunting or, you know, even, you know, you look at dad's history on the DVDs and the, the TV shows, it's always seems to be a struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a shooting or whether it's going 60 days till he shoots his first deer, whatever the case may be. But none of that stuff matters. Like it's always, I always, when I think back of our hunting seasons, it's always a funny time at camp. It's always a memory. It's always yeah. something together. And so I think that would be the one thing that I would want to pass along. Like, Hey, whatever you're doing, experience it with someone else and enjoy it with someone else. Mm-hmm. And for some people, I know it's a single, uh, single Terry, um, 
kind a of solitary a sport. solitary mm-hmm. sport. But for me, it's never been that way. I've never had that luxury. It's always been about a camera guy's always been there. So it's always yeah. been about experiencing things with other people in the stand or in the hunting camp or whatever the case sure. may be. That's the beauty of hunting. Mm-hmm. It, Man, I love that point too. Cause a lot of what podcasting a podcasting can kind of be that replacement for people who don't have someone to go back to in camp. You know, it's, <laughs> we can get a lot of people in with um, maybe with our different style. Like I don't look like the hunter. So someone that doesn't think that they have to be, or thinks that they might have to be this, whatever they see a hunter being, they can see this guy with tattoos or a different style into it. And they might think, well, maybe I could give it a shot or archery is pretty cool. I heard this in this podcast. Maybe I'll get into that. And then they dive into hunting and then they have a podcast, whatever their favorite podcast is to go and listen to and have that camaraderie feel and that fun, um, like hunting camp style that they can have, even if it's just mentally, um, if they don't actually physically can be there or whatever, um, it still would motivate them to get in there. And then they're telling their friends and maybe we can kind of spread hunter numbers through people who might not have ever even thought about it before. I think that's why people always enjoyed our dream season TV show so much because it felt like a hunting camp, this group of guys, the, they were kind of digging at each other. I think that's kind of was always the magic behind that show. And, you know, we had a guy on there, a longtime jury guy, uh, John Frank, and then John and Adam Frank. And we always got a lot of feedback about John. He was tatted up and he was a (laughs) biker dude and he had a hardcore exterior. And we, he had a, a following just because he didn't look like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like to your point, it gave other people who, who related to him and his hobbies. it, It was like, Hey, I also like to hunt. You know, which, which is, I think is also why so many people love Sean Lundy. Yeah. He does not. He's, he's not from the Midwest originally lives in Indiana now, but he's not from, he's from New York. Yeah. He's got a little bit of an accident yeah. still, but he, he's just, he's a little bit outside of the norm. What you would consider for a, a typical Midwestern whitetail. Hunter. Yeah. People love him. Yeah. It's important, man, that people can be an individual and still have a common passion. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, different influencers throughout the po- like podcasting alone is, I think, is going to do a lot for hunting. You know, if you look, just example, like Joe Rogan is not the stereotypical hunter, mm-hmm. but he talks about it on his show all the time, and he's one of the biggest podcasts in, in general. And he's a there. convert. So he's a convert yeah. to hunting. Yeah, start out as a hunter. Yeah, Cam Haynes obviously had a big influence on him, and and obviously goes on the podcast quite a bit, and that's nothing but good for our sport totally. in general. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done more, you know, we always talk about what's happening, you know, what, what people inside our walls are trying to do to help the sport, and I'd argue that he's probably done as much, if not more, to further our cause because he's talking to people that aren't in our four walls. Exactly. We need people outside of the room reaching people outside mm-hmm. of the room. Yeah, Eva Shockey's another great yeah, example of absolutely. that. And, and, and they may not be your hardcore hunters or they might not be the best expert, but they're reaching people that we aren't reaching. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that makes us all better for it. Yeah. It's the old term known as being winsome. Winsome. Yep. Is that the wildlife word of the day? It should be. <laughs> have you heard the word winsome, Kurt? No, sir. I have not. It's, Thank you. It's you win some, school. you lose some. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> we need a rim, we need a rim shot sound effect. Dad jokes. That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You're a dad now. Dude, you, dad joke game, man. I guess you got to give me a little bit to get adjusted. Three yes. lame dads. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's so true. My daughter, uh, my daughter had she was at a skating party over the weekend, and she went over to some of her friends. And I walked over and I was like, Sophie, are these some of your friends from school? <laughs> She's like, Oh my god, my dad's a loser. Her eyes rolled in the back of her head three times. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait until you can embarrass your kid for the first time. It's magical. <laughs> it's why it's why you have kids. I'm really Kurt, looking forward to it. Kurt, I Kurt is, is, an, is a new father as of two weeks ago, three weeks, two weeks in. Yeah. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's so far as been exciting so i'm in for it though good, i know it payback yeah. is coming yeah good luck with your hunting season this year <laughs> <laughs> my uh i have a pretty awesome wife and i know every guy probably says that but yeah i'll be able to get out we'll see <laughs> <laughs> yeah matt's smiling at me like all right cool. yeah yeah oh, over, they're, they're all awesome uh, when you marry them <laughs> it, it yeah. does change it does change your priority set yeah it really it like I think having kids in some ways has made me a better hunter because I can't screw around <laughs> and take an extra two days to figure out where the DR are. Like I got to go in with a really strong plan because I know that time is so precious. Laser focus. Exactly. Yeah. Dad more focus. efficient. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm learning that now, man, with the podcast stuff and work and, and family time. I just got to be more efficient. That's yeah, all. Because you have a full-time job outside of the podcast gig as well, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep, unfortunately, but it, <laughs> I got to pay the bills, man. It works out. Which is the case. A, a, a lot of folks Basically in everybody. outdoor media, yeah, yeah that the very few people just hunt. Yeah. Yeah, what Mark. would I be with the name working class bow hunter if I didn't actually have a job? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so so what what type of hunting style or what, what kind of property, like what are you guys, is it public land, private land lease? What, what is it like you guys is kind of niche? What, what are you um, talking about mostly on your podcast? Um, oh, most of us are hunting small parcels of private. We've hunted some public. Um, a couple of the guys hunt some public in Iowa. We have a lot of guests on that might just be strictly public, mm -hmm. but that's a, something we get on a lot, especially now with the big popularity on it, it seems that it's always kind of boxed into this corner of public versus private land, which is, which is good, but I don't think we need to really look at like separating the sides on, mm. you know, I just feel sometimes there's a negative vibe of public land guys to private land guys. And, but I think there's different ways to hunt everything. And there's a skill set to every type of property you're hunting. It's I'm hunting small 40 acre par parcels of private. Um, mm. I'm not, I'm not hunting anything extravagant. So that requires a certain skill to hunt a small piece of private versus a huge piece of public. You know, if you bump a big buck on a really small piece of private, you might be done where if you can kind of move around, maybe if it's a couple thousand acres of public ground. Yeah, it's true. You know, I think it's a weird, we talk about those four walls and, and us talking to our group inside those four walls constantly. And, and the amount of, kind of infighting that always seems oh, to happen. Right. What weapon did you use? What broadhead, what this, what that, you know, is it private as a public? And there's always a stigma, no matter which side of the fence you're on. And it's weird. Like there always seems to be, Oh, do you always oh, a crossbow. And I think, you know, hopefully some of those things are starting to break down a little bit more. Um, a lot of that, I have a feeling kind of goes with the, the older crowd, Mm -hmm. of hunters, you know, they have a very, you know, fixed blade versus mechanical or, or, or what have sure. you. And 
none of that helps any of us, frankly. Like, hey, you killed no. a deer, great. Like, I'm, I, I don't know. I never understood it because I'm always just happy for someone you succeeded. Mm-hmm. You know, that's hard enough in and of itself. I don't care how you did it or what. If it's legal, good, good for you, man. I think as long as internet forums exist, yeah, <laughs> there will probably be uh, sparring and infighting. Everybody happening. has a voice. It's it's unbelievable. Everyone's an expert, man. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay though. It's I was we joke around thing. about that a lot on our show. Like we, you know, we don't really care. Like if you kill something with a crossbow or a gun, we'll give each other crap. But it's it's coming. It's obvious that that's the camaraderie of hunting camp. Like, oh man, what'd you have to do? Use a gun? I, I killed mine with a bow. We're kidding. But really, it's stupid to argue over that stuff because we all need to just embrace it. We're all on the same team. Uh, and this is something that gets talked about a lot. It probably sounds pretty cliche, but. It's a, it's an issue. And I think, I think eventually it'll sizzle out. I hope. Let's I, hope. I don't know. Cause the, uh, that internet, <laughs> the internet, the social media side of it, that definitely, it, it just, you know, it could be a 12 year old kid and you don't know. They, they have the same voice as <laughs> yeah. you do. You know, it's crazy. And, and like, I noticed, I, I, I noticed like on our YouTube channel, the type of comments are a lot different. And in general, we don't get a ton of negative stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mostly positive. Just when I'm on. <laughs> they do not like Tim, <laughs> but I get it. I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> I actually, not to a sidebar here, but when we started with Kenyon, the podcast with Kenyon, mm-hmm. it was Kenyon and I, they, we had a user feedback that said, I love all the juries except for Matt. And then Kenyon moved on and we got Tim and now they hate Tim instead of me. And yep. so... It's been a great tra- Happy day. trade. Yeah. Like, you know, should we get rid you of take Tim? the venom? Hell no. Let's keep Tim. He's making, <laughs> he's, he's the punching bag. We need now that. Like, I love all the juries. I hate Tim. <laughs> Isn't it funny how like someone that just, I'm like, why would you take the time to leave some of the comments you leave? I guess it's thanks for commenting on my content. But a lot of it is, you know, Steve is one of my co-hosts on, on the podcast and Steve is a pure comedian. He's, he's the type of hunter that like he likes me. hunting a little bit. But he likes hanging out and camp a lot more and, and, and BSing with everyone more than he likes hunting. And that's kind of his thing. That's his angle, you know. So there's people write in and, and give him crap more than anything. But it's more like they're joking with us on Steve. Yeah. It, it's very rare we get a real mean negative comment. But I always try to respond with, well, thanks for, thanks for listening. You, you got know, to. It's, that's the, that's, we just posted on our social um, uh, uh uh, an Apple store user review for DeerCast, And the person was like, Oh great. Another, you guys created a tool that makes it easier to track down and kill deer. You monsters. What's wrong with you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, well, we'll thanks. own that. That's yeah. actually a good review. <laughs> we'll take your, we'll take your one star and we'll wear it with pride. Yeah. That's a like, five star that review. Them up inside more than anything. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you just, you just got to kind of keep your head about you and, and it, it is what it is. Well, I digress. Yeah. We got into the weeds again. Yeah. But that's, do you guys want to have your minds expanded with uh, this week's wildlife word? I always do, say Tim. Yes. 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 Kurt says. Kurt, say no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Different. Let's do this. So the wildlife word is timely. It's a term. Timely? It, whoop. It. <laughs> It seems like a timely part to give me the rest of the. <laughs> the wildlife term is pollen transfer. Oh, <laughs> it's not timely. Like that it's timely in the sense that it's timely. 
<laughs> Sorry. We should start drinking. Yeah, I was like, I, I was should say, do this. This is vodka. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> no. Uh, pollen transfer is the act of pollination in plants. Types of pollen transfer include abiotic, uh, things that are not alive, like wind transfer that we're all dealing with, with right now in the Midwest. Everyone's hacking and choking and has uh, crusty eyes because of all the pollen in the air or biotic, which means with life. So bees, bees. yeah, bees, hummingbirds, they transfer pollen. Uh, When you're sneezing in the spring or fall, it's because of the transfer of pollen occurring in the woods. Well, Tim, you just blew my mind. Thank you. Crossing streams, blowing minds, (laughs) kicking butt, taking names. I enjoyed it. The Drury Outdoors 100% (laughs) Wild Podcast with the working. We're so wild and crazy. Just two wild and crazy guys. (laughs) (laughs) If you're old enough to remember that, it's an SNL callback. Mm. Kurt probably. How old are you, Kurt? 28. He's not old enough. You look like you're at least 40. Are you sure you're <laughs> Thank 28? Thank you, man. Thank you for that. It's, it's the, the tattoos. tattoos. Huh? That's going back to those, huh? <laughs> well, it's the, it's the, uh, he is a dad now. That ages you like oh, overnight. It's like, yeah, one year is two years. <laughs> yeah, check back with me in like three months. I'll look like I'm like going on 58. <laughs> yeah, you'll be wearing like white socks with your sandals <laughs> going out Just, to get the paper. <laughs> Clean pair of white New Balance. At the <laughs> yeah, uh, rocking the dad bod. It's so true. Well, I already Kurt, got that down. <laughs> Kurt, you guys have an awesome podcast studio. It just makes me think about what we've got going on here. And I know you and I have been talking about doing a little remodeling here yeah. at the old uh, 100% Wild podcast studio. Yeah, so you're saying that your studio is just in your house? Yeah, it's, uh, it's not really that awesome. It might look more awesome on like Facebook lives and videos. It's kind of like a, it's, it was a bedroom, but it's more like a closet. You know, I can touch this wall and be a foot from the other wall in here. It's small, but yeah, it's right off my front. It's right off my living room actually. So when we're in here recording, getting crazy and loud and, and, talking hunting camp stuff, my wife's sitting on the couch listening and rolling her eyes the whole time. So let let me tell you with that, kid that just popped out there you that's changing man you aren't going to be doing that podcast there much longer <laughs> it's, audio was always once a week and video will make time for it mm-hmm. <laughs> you better find another location <laughs> yeah there'd be a lot of ambient screams in the background and thumps happening <laughs> random yeah. kid coming in the door <laughs> we've been hunting for uh, a different place so it might happen yeah that's good Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think ahead a little bit here. We'll see how fast I can I can make the moves. Well, we're jealous that you have four walls. We have a corner, <laughs> basically. We we work the angles here. Yeah, force perspective. <laughs> it's kind of Yeah, that's really what ours is. Everyone that comes over, you know, if they if they see it on like uh, Facebook or whatever it may be and they come to the studio for an actual podcast, they're like Wow, this is small. I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, so thank uh, you. You, you. You may appreciate this, Kurt. Uh, for folks that grew up in the Chicagoland, I grew up on the Bozo Show, and um, Kurt's silent. So I, I know what you're talking Again, about. But I'm not, yeah, you're too old, Tim. No, I, I totally get it. Bozo Show was was the thing we I went to the studio I mean, yes, for a taping. He's a clown. It he is, and he has clown friends, and he has a magical wizard named Wizzo. And, is that where uh, you got all your comedy from? <laughs> for the Bozo, Bozo show? show, mostly the back assault packets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I was severely disappointed when I went into the Bozo show to see how small the studio was and all the junk they had behind, you know, behind the cameras, the lighting and everything. It's just the way. And just to kind of further just 
show our, the, the amount of showmanship that we do here. These you are the, the glasses. Those on. These are the glasses I wore last episode. Look at this. I can poke my eye out. Yeah. With these glasses, there's no lens in them. No glare. Well, why'd you switch back? Because we fixed the lighting. Oh. And I, I couldn't see the guests. Like I, I could only Man. see a, a blob, and I could never tell facial expression. Uh, fun fact: Mark, since day one, has never wore glasses with glass in them <laughs> on any of the thirteen interviews because of the ring light. I am mind blown. To be honest, I should have thought that through, but that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, because it, it will. It, the glare is just obnoxious sure. to look at. From a viewer standpoint, especially mm. with those ring lights, we're sitting like, you know, 12 inches away from it. And when you got glasses, it's just nothing all you can you're do seeing. about it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So, in fact, those that's were hilarious. Mark's glasses. Yeah, those are Mark's 13 glasses. <laughs> He's got, yeah, if you go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, Tim, you, you said about the Bozo studio, how there's just like crap behind that. It's ours, my house is not that big and the studio is way small. So, when we get like our scent crusher order in, Mm-hmm. And it all goes into the studio. Like right now, it's in behind my computer. It's embarrassing what I have to look at over here. It's just yep. there's bow boxes, scent crusher stuff. It's all good stuff, but it, you can't get through it right now because we haven't been in the studio for almost a month. You know, everything's been pre recorded or turkey camp episodes. So it's, uh, we have to be in here weekly to keep up on it. It's, uh, it's somewhat embarrassing, but. It's the working class studio of yeah, trying to get stuff done. <laughs> I, I too have a podcast studio in my house. And the reason I don't do video is because I cannot get it organized enough to make it. I saw a video of you guys the other day doing it and your head was cut off. <laughs> it was, it's jacked up. There's just no good. And it's a small, I thinking, it's like, Hey, this is a great show. This, I don't mind. This. this is a show I can get behind. <laughs> I don't have to see Tim. <laughs> I was recording a show one night and my, my son, who's just, um, uh, uh, just a, a, a tornado two on year wheels, old. a two year old boy comes in screaming his head off. And, and it's clear in the show. You can hear him wailing in the background. There's no way I could isolate. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Dad's working. This is my professional podcast. (laughs) I have tens of hundreds of listeners. There are 13 people that will be disappointed if the show doesn't get published. That's what I like, though, about podcasts when you have like the raw, just uncut type stuff like that. Because, you know, I don't really, if I have to cut something out, I will. But that's, Mm -hmm. we try to make that stuff funny so it can stay in and it kind of brings. I'm more of a realness to it. Yeah. But it's, it's funny that you guys talking about like your, your studios and stuff, because this probably looks like I have like, Oh man, all this authentic barnwood and stuff. This is paneling from Lowe's. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know how that goes. We are set for wildlife obsession forever was paneling from Lowe's. And I look back at those interviews now because the uh, Boontown, the first couple of DVDs, mm-hmm. It's the it's the background for Mark and Terry's interviews. It is so god awful. Like it's, your paneling it's, it's looks like real. a cheap library it, or it, something. It is horrible looking, man. And, well, and well, there's like, a trick to it. I don't think you guys can see it, but like we trimmed it out with real like barnwood, and then so it adds depth and stuff to it. So it's nice. it's working class, but it's uh 
It's, it's functional. Ours <laughs> is real barn wood, but <clears throat> we had to have somebody bring it in to, to just find it at a real barn and bring it in. You know, I, I, I'm thinking back to the original reason I brought this up. If folks have ideas of what they would like to see in the studio design for us, let us know. Just leave us a comment. And it's got to be affordable. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have a chandelier. Granite countertops. We should have a chandelier. <laughs> it would be have odd class to have a chandelier. I mean, if it was an antler chandelier, I guess, maybe. <laughs> you do like mason jar and antlers and a chandelier and <laughs> so no, i nice. want barnwood behind us and i want a gold like brass and copper chandelier okay tim <laughs> go ahead and do it <laughs> and i'll expense it yeah that's yeah that, there you go <laughs> all right well, mark we, and terry will pay for it <laughs> <laughs> what what is this expense for <laughs> so this this uh, we should probably just like retitle this episode podcasting 101 or just show. general bs <laughs> yeah or what not to do to have a podcast those are the fun ones man when yeah you just, just, just talk about whatever so kurt if this one doesn't do well or blaming you <laughs> i was gonna say it's my fault <laughs> let's do it are it's just an extension of the other podcasts that we've the other hundred summit podcasts that we've done. What's the point? common denominator here? <laughs> well, say, I've hey, been here through all hundreds. <laughs> Not saying anything. I've just had other co-hosts, but the it's, thought out yeah, there. I may be the issue, <laughs> and I've heard that before. So uh, people are are brutal. Yeah. Well. We should stop. Yeah, Kurt. If folks <laughs> want to get a hold of you or check out the Working Class Bow Hunter podcast, how would they do that? Uh, Instagram at working class bowhunter, working class bowhunter.com. Every major podcast platform, you can find us there. Um, should be pretty straightforward. Cool. And I highly recommend it. It's fun. It's a fun podcast to listen to. They drink and they cuss sometimes. Yeah, that's right. Goes with those tattoos that boy's wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta fit the bill, man. Gotta keep the image up. <laughs> yes. That's right. Bad, bad, the bad boys it. of hunting. Yeah. We're like <laughs> nerds. Mild. The dads of hunting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, our dads are the dads of hunting, but we're just like nerds. We're getting there. Yeah. We're the ones telling people to watch where they point their bows and yeah. you know, responsible stuff. That's right. <laughs> my kid, so my son, before we leave, he's been, we're going to Lake of those arcs this weekend for Memorial day. And by the time this airs, it, it will have passed. But yep. anyways, <clears throat> I, I have a little bitty minion fishing pole that we got him from whatever. I don't know where we got it from. My wife picked it up and he doesn't know how he's for. He doesn't mm-hmm. know how to cast it or anything. So we've been practicing. It was a nice weekend here in St. Louis and we've been practicing and he's been walking around with this dang thing. Like all these other kids are around. He's swinging it around. And finally I, I, I told him, I was like, treat the <laughs> treat the fishing pole like it's your gun barrel. Cause I just, you know, taught him all that with the yeah, BB no, gun. That makes sense. I was like, and he looked at this thing like, Huh? Like this is definitely this, not the same as the, too? the gun and, and all the other kids who have no knowledge of fishing, hunting or anything else looked at me like, what, it, what guy. is he talking about? Like treat it like a gun barrel. But I finally had it. He was going to hurt somebody or himself, yeah, which yeah. is the most likely scenario. I was like, all right, just treat it like your gun barrel up, down, smart, quit waving it around at people <laughs> do not run with it. You know? So that's what I have. That's what you have to look, oh. look forward to here. Get ready, Kurt. It's going to happen. No time at all.
Uh, I'm excited. It'll be fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. Actually, it's a blast. So, well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for everyone for tuning in, watching, listening, and subscribing. We love it when people do that. Absolutely. If you want to find out more about Drury Outdoors, you can always go to DuryOutdoors.com or all the major social media platforms. And as always, if you're listening to this, you can watch it at our YouTube channel and in DeerCast uh, under the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild podcast. And there's so much more in there. Uh, tons of new content coming up every day. Uh, I highly recommend checking it out. I'll second that. All right. All right. Let's shut it down. Until next time. Thanks for thanks. watching. Thanks for having us on. Oh, no. Thanks for having you on. That's thanks what happens when on. you cross the streams. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Things get all crisscrossed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Kurt, I want to hear Kurt sign off. He's a professional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Close us out, Kurt. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. Peace. Now, that's a professional. I love that.